Hello, I'm Shanira, and welcome to the Chini Chronicles on Radio DePaul, your one stop for pop culture on college radio. Oh, hello, everyone. Um, it's been like a couple months, maybe two and a half months since the last episode of the Chini Chronicles, um, where we left off on episode seven was the writer's strike. So this is like, that's like a perfect bridge to what we're talking about today, which is the actor's strike. Um, I believe we all kind of saw this coming, um, especially with the fact that the contract negotiations extended. So as you know, the contract deadline or like the original contract was set to expire on June 30th, and then it was extended to July 12th due to negotiations. So let's be specific for a second. So what exactly am I talking about when I say the actor's strike? So the SAG-AFTRA, which is the Screen Actors Guild um, American Federation of DRA. Um, I should know that. Um, I hope I got like the first part right. But um, it's pretty pretty much the union that uh, supports the actors. So. I did get the first part right. Um, it was the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. So again, that is the um, union that supports uh, the actors, as we know it. And they were negotiating their contract with the AMPTP, which is the Association of Motion Pictures and Television Producers. Um, that's kind of like quote-unquote association that supports the studios. So basically they, again, negotiated a contract and um, basically uh, sat after members like, we want this, that, and the third. And the AMPTP, the studios, they were basically, you know, not, not, not conforming, but like not agreeing to the terms that such after was um, wanting. So they couldn't reach, the two sides could not reach an agreement, neither in, during the original deadline nor during the um, extended deadline. So um, after Ju- July 12th, um, Fran Drescher, the president, and then the chief negotiator, um, Duncan Ireland, um, I don't know if that's his last name, but that is his name, some form, Duncan Ireland. This is his last name. I'm forgetting his um, first name. But um, they had a press conference announcing the strike um, and kind of like explaining why it's happening, their disappointment, and they wish that like it didn't like come to this. But um, yeah, it's kind of been one hell of a ride for the past what's becoming more than two weeks since. Um, So yeah, it's been an interesting thing. I'm gonna play a little clip of that press conference with Fran Drescher and Duncan Ireland and kind of let them explain themselves. Actors deserve a contract that reflects the changes that have taken place in the industry. Unfortunately, the current streaming model has undercut performers' residual income and high inflation has further reduced our members' ability to make ends meet. 
Additionally, industry expectations around self-tape auditions mean performers are bearing casting costs that were once the responsibility of producers. To complicate matters further, actors now face an existential threat to their livelihoods with the rise of generative AI technology. We've proposed contract changes that address these issues, but the AMPTP has been uninterested in our proposals. Because of this, the board has determined that union members should withhold their labor until a fair contract can be achieved. A strike is an instrument of last resort. We've tried for four weeks to reach a deal with the AMPTP, and unfortunately, they have left us with no alternative. Although we're all disappointed with the AMPTP's reluctance to cooperate, the solidarity among SAG-AFTRA members has never been stronger. Based on the enthusiasm I'm seeing from everyone, I truly believe this union has the unity and the resolve needed to fight for the future of their careers. Due to the broad nature of our membership, this strike does not affect all members of all contract areas, just those working under the 2020 TV theatrical contract. Performers working in interactive entertainment, audiobooks, music, commercials, and other contract areas will not be directly impacted. Thank you, everybody, for coming to this press conference today. It's really important that this negotiation be covered because the eyes of the world, and particularly the eyes of labor, are upon us. What happens here is important because what's happening to us is happening across all fields of labor by means of when employers make Wall Street and greed their priority and they forget about the essential contributors that make the machine run. We have a problem and we are experiencing that Right at this moment, this is a very seminal hour for us. I went in in earnest thinking that we would be able to avert a strike. The gravity of this move is not lost on me or our negotiating committee or our board members who have voted unanimously to proceed with a strike. It's a very serious thing that impacts thousands, if not millions, of people all across this country and around the world. Not only members of this union, but people who work in other industries that service the people that work in this industry. Okay, so that was Chief Negotiator Duncan Crabtree Ireland and President um, Fran Drescher. Um, many of you know Fran Drescher from The Nanny. Um, so yeah, they had this um, press conference and they pretty much you know, announced the strike that was happening at the end of the day. Um, this was on July 12th, I think, the day the, day the contract was supposed to um, expire um, after the um, extension. Um, so yeah, basically, um, Ireland kind of explained um, what the strike was going to happen. Oh my God, English. Um, basically, the specifics of the strike, why the strike was happening, um, kind of like what the strike kind of entails, who it entails, and then Fran Drescher kind of like gave the more 
emotional aspect of it, kind of like telling everybody like, hey, not only does this affect actors and our members, but it actually may, you know, affect people that, you know, give service or like service these actors. So like maybe like the cleaning crew, the sound and engineering crew who um, are on set, um, costume design. Um, so like all those people are affected by the strike. So let's kind of like go back into like the specifics of like what the um, strike is about. Um, kind of like what Duncan um, Ireland, Duncan Crouchy Ireland explained is that um, the main issues that the Sag Astra actors are sort of fighting for or fighting about or like kind of like want more you know, clear protections, uh, um, artificial intelligence, and streaming residuals. So there was this sort of like spelled out um, document that was posted on Twitter and kind of explains like the terms that the Sage actor brought to the table and then what AMPT he ended up like rejecting or accepting or like their counter offer. So I'm gonna like specifically like read that out. So um Sinta Moses on Twitter um tweeted this and it said she they said um she said um Sad just release all the deal points in the AMPTP's response. So this is like three tweets long. Um, so it's, um, that's like nine um, pages of documents. So we're going to read all through it. Um, so um, Sat after proposed in regards to minimums, um, they wanted 11% general wage increase in year one, 4% in year two, and 4% in year three. Without an inflation-adjusted year one wage increase, members will be working for lower real wages in 2023 than they earned in 2020 and will likely still be working for lower real wages even in 2026. So let's basically try to like protect um, actors from inflation and kind of like give them like a base income that matches inflation. This is so that like actors aren't essentially working paycheck to paycheck or going without pay or at all. Because as many have explained, is that um, kind of like the way that like their pay is like set up is kind of like horrible. Because if they are like signed to a project, they're only signed on to that project. And if like say a show doesn't like start filming their next season for like another like six months or so they are kind of like stuck with that you know show or they're not allowed to do any other work I don't know if I'm saying that correctly but I just know that like at least like actors are like or um I don't know if I'm speaking of writers but like actors are usually tied down to a project and they can't work on anything else so and the pay for that isn't really great so this that first part is supposed to like give them like a minimal base pay so what the um studios um replied was no we're not going to give you 11 percent in the first year we're going to give you five percent in the first year and then four percent in the second year and then three and a half percent in the third year 
So they're like, no, Mary Jo's going to cut that in half, essentially. And then the next, like, the big sort of, like, thing that, like, we're, they're fighting for is um, new media revenue sharing, right? So it says, so the Actors Guild, Tatch Actor, um, proposed that cash share in the revenue generated when the performances are exhibited on streaming platforms. This will allow cast to share the success of high-performing shows. So pretty much anything on, like, you know, a show that originally aired on ABC, ABC and then um, Hulu has all of its seasons streaming on its platform. So, like, something like um, Good Trouble or um, Scandal. You know, all seasons of Scandal are streaming. And so... Basically, anybody who's, like, on this show, they will get their part in, like, you know, the revenue of people watching the show. Because there are some times where, like, people kind of, like, binge watch or, like, a show gets very popular after its original run. And it gets popular on the streaming platforms. And, you know, there's a spike of people watching that show on the streaming platform. And obviously there's money that comes from people watching that show on that platform. Actors do not get a share of said revenue. So pretty much this part of it is like, hey, we want a share of that revenue. The studio straight up rejected that. They're like, nope, you're not going to get any part of that revenue. Even though we make millions of dollars probably off of one show um, being streamed on our platform, you're not going to get any of that, Right. So, then, the next one is wage invasion due to the advanced payment of residuals. So, said after propose, limit the amount of a performer's salary that can be reduced due to the advanced payment of residuals. Instead of disguising advanced payment of residuals as a part of the performer's initial compensation, require transparency with a separate residual check that goes to the union, the same as all other residuals. So, for what I'm understanding from reading that is, like, um, residuals from a show kind of, like, having reruns or being, not all streaming services, but, like, just reruns in general, I guess, is, like, um, studios would, like, pay those residuals up front, instead of, like, you know, having it, like, a separate thing. And, like, it's part of, like, the actress payment package, I guess. So it's kind of, like, and, like, say, like, in the music industry where someone gets signed for, like, $500,000. That's, that's technically a loan, right? Um, it's kind of similar to that as far as I understand, where, like, oh, wow, okay, I don't even know if that analogy, like, kind of makes sense, but, like, that the money that um, the actors are getting paid, it's like, oh, these are part of your residuals the whole time. It's like, no, this is just, you know, your check that you should have gotten in the first place. Um, I don't I don't know why I brought that. I don't know if that analogy of, like, the record contract. I think the, the, the similarity is the fact that, like, it's disguised as something else, you know, with, like, 
record labels, they disguise it like, oh, you get this $500,000. They don't really specify, hey, this is a loan that you have to pay back, right? So I guess that's the that's similarity that I was trying to get at, that like, you know, it's not, you know, a shrimp, it's not like specifically stated, hey, it's this is a loan, hey, this is supposed to be your residuals, you know, that's the similarity. Okay, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyway, so what the studios ended up kind of like counteracting, they said increase the productive threshold figures in the contract and match terms agreed to by Netflix in 2019, but refuse the union's request for transparency with a separate residual check. So, yeah, they kind of like increase like the production and like the um, figures in the contract but they're like no we're not gonna like you know be transparent and like you know tell you what is residuals is not and what's not residuals and it's not gonna be a separate check so there's that and then um other I was just thinking of like reading but like this is like looking through this is kind of um, there's something about geographic demonstration, demonstration, oh my god, I cannot read, geographic discrimination. Um, so, Sajrafta, uh, proposed that they requested a discussion with relevant casting personnel regarding geographic discrimination in casting, whereby actors outside of New York and Los Angeles are offered lesser terms for the same role. And the studio straight up rejected that. They're like, we're not going to stop discriminating people outside of New York and Los Angeles. So, wow, I didn't even realize that was a thing. Like, outside of, if you, like, if you live outside of Los Angeles or New York, then, like, you're kind of, like, shit out of luck, essentially. And the studios are like, yeah, we're not going to stop doing that. <laughs> so, I guess it's kind of like why everybody moves to LA and New York. You know, the opportunities are there and you're going to, you know, the best opportunity to get as paid as much as possible. Um, what else did they reject? Um, there's, there's a some, there's something called performance capture, where um, such after propose finally acknowledge that performance capture is in fact a such after cover category of work. This highly skilled form of performance makes blockbuster projects like Avatar possible. Oh, okay, okay. So, if we know, ooh, if we know about Avatar, is that like, um, they're like this animalistic um, blue people, and those are real actors acting, but they were able to get the characters moving the way they were moving because the actors were where these sort of suits with like green and like all these dots and everything and like in post um they were able to like kind of change the actors into these like blue characters and these blue animalistic characters and it's like this really and it's basically mostly like green screen as well um so pretty much what the sad actor wants to do is to uh get the studios to recognize that that sort of thing is a Sag after a covered type of covered Sag after a covered performance in the studios. Like, you know, we're not going to recognize that. So there's that. And then 
on residuals P and H. Um, it says stop the producer practice of using benefit fund contribution caps as an excuse to keep residuals money that belongs to the members. So I guess this kind of um, produce a way of producers just it's like a run runaround for producers to not pay residuals essentially because there's like limitations on like um, how much there can be, how much, oh my God, my words today. Uh, pretty much kind of like a limitation on how much can be paid and like they use that as like an excuse to not pay residuals. So like, I guess it's kind of like in the NBA or in the NFL where they have salary cap, where they only have so much money that they can spend on, you know, players' contracts. Pretty much that, but for actors. And producers use that as an excuse not to play residuals. So, such actor was like, you need to stop doing that and, like, you know, stop making that the scapegoat for why you don't want to pay residuals. And the studio's like, no, we're not going to stop doing that either. Um, so, that's, like, a lot of things that they're, like, re- straight out, like, you know, rejecting. Um, there's this thing called audio descriptive services where it says establish minimum terms for the performers who narrate productions for blind and low vision viewers. Um, they ended up redrawing that proposal and they were pursuing it in other avenues, but the studios rejected that too. So it's like, oh my God, not only are you rejecting, you know, the whole little scapegoating residuals cap thing and, you know, refusing to accept, you know, you know, the residual thing in general, you're also, like, rejecting the fact that you're not going to pay people to help, you know, the blind and low-vision viewers. So you're just straight up against, like, helping people with disabilities. You you don't want to pay those people, you know, adequate pay. So those are, like, a few things that, like, were proposed. And... <laughs> So in the thread, Sintamosis, uh, she tweeted, so who's making the t-shirt that says rejected? <laughs> That's hilarious. But um, anyway, so those are like some of the terms that Satch After brought to the table, and there's a good chunk of them that were like rejected. And it's like really interesting to see the studios reject some of these things. Um, like why, like what, like what is it to you that like, you don't want to pay residual sack. Like that does like, it, like a lot of this just like, does not make sense to me. It's like why the studios are rejecting. So is I fully support Sag after and like their strike, I support the writers and their strike is it's very crazy that the writers and the actors are striking at the same time. This hasn't happened since the sixties, I believe, where both the writers and the shri- uh, actors are on strike at the same exact time. Um, so, exactly are, like, the effects of, like, the writers and the sh- actors kind of, like, striking at the same time. We, we aren't going to get new material, essentially. And the new material that we're going to get are unscripted shows. So that can mean, like, game shows, reality television, basically. And that's all we're going to get, um... Most of, like, the fall lineup um, is, yeah, most of this fall's lineup is, like, you know, reality television and, you know, game shows and, like, you know, stuff that's, like, unscripted. 
So that's pretty much all we're going to, you know, get. We're not going to get, like, the, you know, scandal or the new the new season of Euphoria. It's not going to happen for God knows how long, right? So it's going to be a while because Euphoria has already been pushed back God knows how many times. Um, so I saw a tweet that has been, that has been pushed back to, like, 2026. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I also remember that, like, earlier this year and, like, late last year, we kind of all see people notice that, like, a lot of shows and their new seasons weren't coming out until, like, 2024, 2025, and people are like, yeah, there's, like, a writer's strike that's imminent and expected to happen, and it's just... It's just kind of crazy how, like, that kind of, like, came true. Because at that point, for me, earlier this year, when I was hearing that, I'm like, a writer's strike? What? what? So this is crazy that, like, a year later or, like, later down the road that we're seeing this happen. Um, so um, specifically what can't happen is that, like, actors... Uh, can't obviously they can't film current projects nor are they allowed to do like any like press or promotion for it so they can't even talk about it on social media they can't um, sort of like post about it they can't go to red carpets they can't they can't go to award shows it's affecting the award shows the Emmys are um, happening in September on September 18th and now look at it that's only like a month and a half from now. Um, so if the strike continues, cause the nominations were released like the day before the strike happened, which was it the same day as the um, press conference? I don't know. But the Emmy nominations were released earlier this month. And because of the strike, the actors can't even like sort of like promote themselves and kind of like do their Emmy campaigns to the fullest. So if the strike happens or continues to happen until September 18th, then we will be looking at an empty crowd or, um, um, let me find my words, a a crowd for scabs, scabs. Um, Because... Scabs are people who essentially cross the picket lines and kind of, like, become, like, replacements for the people on strike. So just imagine if, like, your local Starbucks went on strike and then, like, that Starbucks ends up hiring out people to replace those people. Those are are scabs. So what has been happening is a lot of influencers... Uh, the studios have been, like, inviting out influencers and, you know, popular social media people in order to, like, be at their red carpets and, like, prom- promote their latest. So if this strike continues until September 18th, not only will we see the SAG uh, members not be in attendance, we, as I mentioned before, we might just see them see a bunch of gaps and people, like, these influencers coming in to, like, sort of, like, promote the event. So it's just an interesting thing to see. So what do I think about this whole thing? As I mentioned before, I am in full support of Satch Astra and 
you know, the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, going on strike. But I feel like this could easily become a domino effect. Um, as Fran Drescher kind of, like, touched upon, is that, like, this whole thing where, the, like, I kind of, like, made, like, this, like, you know, joke of, like, oh, my gosh, AMPTP is kind of, like, rejecting everything. But it's just, like, this is what's happening across a lot of industries where the people in charge are, like, you know, pretty much doing that whole reject, reject with their employees. They don't want to play people livable wage because $15 an hour is not cutting it anymore. And this whole $20 an hour thing is kind of like a low ball a little bit. But that's another conversation for another day. So, yeah, I feel like this is, like, something that could easily turn into a strike amongst various other industries because I've even been hearing about a UPS strike and I think there was some resolution to some part of that um some resolution but I was just thinking if like you know the postal service goes on strike we're kind of fucked because (laughs) Something like the UPS, the USPS, the United States Postal Service, that's kind of like, you know, a backbone of the, a backbone of our nation. Like, if, you know, the USPS goes to shit, then we kind of, I feel like, I feel like if the USPS, the Postal Service workers go on strike, I feel like that's really gonna start the domino effect. <laughs> because... If the USPS and, you know, the delivers, if they go on strike, then I feel like that's really going to set everything off. And at least I hope it will, if I'm being honest, if we're, since we're going to be political. Um, yeah, it's just, I just know, just thinking about it, I'm like, okay, I packages become, deli- become too, oh my God, packages are delivered, you know, slow as is. Uh, the USPS workers be in the heat, just this climate change, oh my god, climate change, where, like, their their trucks are, like, there's no AC, and it'd be, like, 90 degrees inside the trucks, be, like, getting close to, like, like, it is too much, and I just, I just know that if the United States Postal Service goes on a strike, I just know that, like, this nation is gonna, like, fall the fuck apart, Considering how much we sort of depend on the United States Postal Service, like it's the thing about it, we we depend on that a lot. We we get a lot of shit delivered. <laughs> you know what I mean? People's paychecks get delivered. People's medicine and shit like that gets delivered. Like there's so many important things that like people use the USPS for, and it's kind of like, you know, people's livelihoods but also the livelihoods of these United States Postal Service workers need to be considered. But anyways, bringing it back to pop culture entertainment, Satch after WGA, we, there's always been a misconception of, oh, you're an actor, that means it's either you're, um, you know, multimillionaire or you're like busting tables. And it's like, that's like sort of true, but like not really, because there's, people in the middle of that. Yeah, there are people who are, you know, fresh into it, busting tables, and then there's the multimillionaires, and then there's 
like people who this is sort of like their nine to five. This, this is like their job. This is not, you know, some dream. I'm gonna go to New York and become an actress, be on Broadway, or go to LA, see the Hollywood sign. Like, this is like some people's nine to five. This is people's livelihood, livelihoods. So, it is good that we're kind of like seeing the underbelly of what the industry actually is. It's not this glamorous thing that like has been so glamorized. It's it's gritty work, and these actors and you know people who work in the industry need to be compensated fairly. It includes the writers, that includes the costume, the makeup, and anybody who works on those sets day in and day out need to be paid and compensated well. And AMPTP, the studios need to stop rejecting everything. It'd be great. But yeah, that's pretty much what's happening right now. WGA, Sag, AFTRA, they're on strike at the same time, you know, making history hasn't happened since the 60s. So we'll see how this plays out. That was this episode of The Cheney Chronicles. If you miss an episode, head to Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts to listen. Also head to anchor.fm slash Chronicles to listen there too. Thanks for listening, stop procrastinating, and good night.